Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP costs his scummy landlord $25,000. Our next Reddit post is from Macon Doe. So, a few years back, my family went through some pretty horrible stuff, and we ended up moving into a trailer park. It didn't look too awful as far as trailer parks go, and it was barely cheap enough to afford at the time, so we swallowed our doubts and moved in. The first night, we discovered there were bed bugs and roaches. We report the problem to the landlord the next morning, and he says that we must have brought them in. That was our first clue that living there was going to be a problem. Fast forward a couple of years, and we've got roaches that are immune to every poison on earth. No amount of cleaning can even get rid of the smell of these bugs. Yes, they smell. There's a water leak every couple of weeks, and the landlord just sends a guy out to cut down the existing water hoses and refasten them every time instead of replacing the rotting water lines. Our water heater is falling through the floor. Rats and opossums are coming up through the heat vents in the floor. The ceiling leaks, and there's a spot on the floor where you can stomp and knock out power to half the trailer. It was horrible. Every time we complained or asked for something to be fixed, anything, this fat douchebag would say that it was our fault. He never treated for the roaches. We did manage to kill off the bed bugs, but only after spending almost $1,000 and literally steam cleaning every inch of the place. He never fixed the gaping holes in the heating conduits under the trailer, and he never fixed the leaks in the ceiling. Even being threatened by the health department didn't get this guy off his butt. So, we got another leak, this time behind the bathtub. It was a wet winter, so our yard was a swamp anyway. The landlord paid the water bill, and the meters were set up so that it was impossible to tell which trailer had the leak. So, we decided to just let it leak. All winter long. After one month, he was complaining in the office one day about how high his water bill was. By the second month, the leak had started spraying water at the back of the tub, so it was even bigger. His water bill went up again. By December, it was obvious that there was a big problem, and he called the water company out to investigate. We turned our water off while they were there so they couldn't pinpoint the leak, and as soon as they left, we turned it back on. By January, his water bills were so high that his partner came up, thinking that he must be embezzling funds from the utility account. They called the water company again, and they were told that the only way to fix the problem would be to seal the main water line that ran the entire length of the park. Basically, a crew comes out and blows a high-pressure stream of some chemical that hardens on contact with the walls of the pipe and then seals them. And it's a long pipe, lol. The repair estimate was $25,000 for a problem that didn't even exist. For five days, the crew was at the park, blowing this chemical into the pipe and checking to see if they'd fix the leak. We waited until the entire length of the pipe had been coated and then fixed the leak ourselves. It cost us $14. OP, you're a much nicer person than I am. I would have just let the thing leak and leak and leak forever because screw that dude. Our next Reddit post is from TC Rambo. I'm a young project manager for an unlimited commercial GC. And for clarity, I have no clue what a GC is in this story. I picked up a hammer for the first time six years ago. I was raised believing that if you work hard and apply yourself, you'll be successful. For two years, I learned everything that I could in the construction industry. I took my work home with me and studied on my own time to better myself. For that, I was promoted to foreman. I was brought in to take over a small project at a 12-building, 120-unit condo complex. 
It started small, and the board of directors for the HOA told me they love my professionalism, work ethic, and ability to complete projects on time and under budgets. We won a big contract because of that small project. That was about three years ago. I've since taken over the job of foreman, superintendent, and project manager. I do the billing, meeting with engineers and board members, scheduling, takeoff, material ordering. I even train the subs on applications of new products because we didn't have enough middle management. The project just passed $2.7 million. We got a bid request for another 3 million job in the same complex. All the while, the board of directors are telling me how appreciative they are and how they've gone through five different contractors in the years before committing to my company because of my management and quality of work. This boosted my confidence, and I went to the owners asking for the raise that they promised me one year ago. They told me, the experience you're gaining is far more valuable. I said, you're right, and I put out my resume. I got contacted by a headhunter, and I just accepted an offer this week for an $80,000 a year salary with full benefits, 28 days paid time off, including holidays, and I work in the office now. That means no more working in the field for my own truck. I get a laptop, Wi-Fi in my truck, $80 per diem, 100% matching 401k for the first three years of my employment, and a quarterly bonus program. My old company only pays me $40,000, and that includes none of the above-listed benefits. The final nail in the coffin was when the owners bragged about how much my project made in a company meeting and then denied me a Christmas bonus. I laid the job offer letter on their desk on Friday, and I watched their jaws hit the floor. When they couldn't match my offer, I told the HOA board president of the project that I'm running about my resignation. His eyes got big, and he requested a meeting with the owners and expressed serious concern about moving forward with the new project without my involvement. They don't have anyone to replace me, and I'm not gonna lie, it feels good to hurt their pockets when I gave them everything I had for six years and only asked for the median project manager's salary. F those greedy bastards! So, for decade after decade after decade, the feeling in the, like, modern workforce is workers should feel lucky to have a job. But now, with the great resignation going on, it's really starting to feel like employers should feel lucky to have employees. Our next Reddit post is from Jbait. In 2013, my boyfriend moved to the Philippines to study nursing. He ended up going to the university in my province. We met, became friends, and started dating. In 2015, I was a recent graduate, but my boyfriend failed one course, which prompted him to move back to the U.S. It was heartbreaking, but we knew that it was for the best. His mom had booked a ticket for him three months prior to his birthday for a cheaper flight. The day rolled in, and I told him to contact me if he got into any sort of trouble. We said our goodbyes and kissed one last time, because we wouldn't be able to see each other in person for a really long time. Two hours passed by and I see his text, saying that he was in a pickle. I called him and asked what was wrong. He explained to me that this lady in immigration, who I'll call Lee, wouldn't give him back his papers because he overstayed. I asked him if she took all of his documents, and he responded that she did, his passport, his school documents, etc. I told him to explain that he has dual citizenship, so she can't say that he overstayed in the country. Lee told him that he doesn't know what he's talking about. I asked him what she wanted, and my blood boiled when I heard. She wants me to pay her a hundred US dollars if I want my papers back, but I won't be able to leave the country. Lee wanted to swindle my boyfriend. This was very common, and my boyfriend had to be the poor victim in her scheme. 
I was stressing out because his flight was in three hours, and she was making things extremely difficult. One fun fact about my boyfriend is that his dad used to work for that airport. He worked there for a long time, and he's really good friends with the staff. Some of them were also my boyfriend's godparents at his baptism. I called my boyfriend's mom and told her what happened. Of course, she was as livid as I was and told her husband about their son's predicament. His dad called one of his aforementioned buddies and requested they assist my boyfriend. While this was going on, Lee was still trying to persuade my boyfriend to pay the fine rather than facing jail time. My boyfriend already knew about our plans to help him, so he refused and said that he's fine. A few minutes later, the head of the immigration office came out and instructed her to bring my boyfriend to their office. She was surprised, but complied. My boyfriend sat in one of their seats and just started browsing his phone. Lee looked smug, probably thinking my boyfriend was some kind of criminal and she probably won the jackpot or something. Suddenly the door opened and a stream of managers, supervisors, and department heads in the airport entered the room and warmly greeted my boyfriend. They remarked on how grown up he was and they asked if he remembered them. The head honcho of immigration, aka Lee's boss, entered the room and told a story on how he would babysit my boyfriend when he was a little boy. At this point, you can imagine that Lee was freaking the hell out. My boyfriend missed his original flight, but he was able to take back his papers and documents and go back to California because his mom booked a later flight on the same day. A week passed, and his dad told me that Lee was immediately fired for extortion. Lee is no longer able to apply to any government jobs. Our next Reddit post is from Hey There Monkey Boy. I worked in maintenance for a religious organization that owned a large number of aged care facilities. Even though they were supposedly not-for-profit, they went all out to scam the government for as much money as they could. For example, I once saw a claim for wandering behavior in a bedridden resident so they could claim that he had dementia, put him in a locked ward, and get extra money. I became aware that they were paying less than minimum wage for many of the non-nursing staff. A high percentage of housekeeping were from overseas, and God told them they could get away with it. In my country, you can claim back wages for six years, and it just so happened that I was about to reach that mark, and I was thoroughly sick of their hypocrisy. I scheduled a meeting with the care manager and human resources. In the meeting, I requested to be paid the correct wage. After they realized that I was not going to back down, they agreed to pay me correctly and would pay me back, but only if I didn't tell the other employees. I declined, and it ended up costing them over $700,000 to back pay everyone. I was recording the conversation, and I took them to Fair Work, which is an independent workplace ombudsman. They made everyone with the same job description as me redundant because they couldn't think of a way to legally fire me, and then they outsourced maintenance, which ended up costing them even more. I took a nice holiday with the redundancy pay, and reported them to the government with documented proof, of course, for fraud. They were inspected with a fine-tooth comb, and two of their flagship homes were put under six months' constant government supervision. Always remember that wage theft is the largest crime wave in history. It's ongoing, and no one ever goes to jail for it. Our next Reddit post is from Terrible Mystery. Today, I thought that I'd share the story of Sam. Sam does not make friends easily. He's not good at small talk, and to make things worse, he's suspicious of people who are too friendly for reasons that I'll get into below. Sam made a lot of money at a young age. I'm not going to say exactly what he did because I don't want him tracked down, but he made something that made him rich. 
Being a smart guy, Sam invested most of the money in long-term investments that will pay out a reasonable amount each month until he dies. That way, he doesn't live a rich life, but he never has to work again. A few years after his windfall, he got bored and decided to go back to college. There, he met some people who enthusiastically pursued friendship with him. Making friends with them was so easy that, for a while, he was happy. He didn't find out until later that they had learned about his wealth by searching for his name online. It started small. Occasionally, one of them would be short on some money and ask Sam for a loan, then blow it off when he asked for the money back. Sam started to get concerned, but he didn't want to lose his new friends. Then they all decided to go on a vacation together to a well-known amusement park. They pressured him into paying for the tickets, flight, and hotel rooms. Sam tried to explain that month to month, he wasn't getting enough money to pay for all this stuff. But they swore to him that he would be repaid and ramped up the social pressure on him. He eventually caved, and he took an advance on his next month's payment to pay for the vacation. Then, as if all of that wasn't bad enough, they ditched him for most of the vacation. Whenever he tried to hang out with them, they told him, We made some plans to meet these other guys, or we already ate. By the end of that vacation, Sam was forced to face the fact that they weren't really his friends. Sam was angry, and he got an idea while reading the local news. A local restaurant had created a dish that cost a thousand dollars. It was mostly a publicity stunt, but Sam understood that his friends saw him as their ticket to the rich life. Sam started making sure that his friends saw mention of this overpriced dish several times a day. Eventually, it worked. They started suggesting to him that they should all go and try this dish. Sam made it clear to them that he was still paying off the vacation. And although he could gather enough cash to buy it for himself, he couldn't pay for their meals. They all said they understood, but they looked a little worried. He never overheard them saying it, but he knew they confused being a millionaire with having a million dollars just sitting in your checking account. The day of the meal came, and they all ordered this thousand dollar dish. The restaurant's manager came out and asked them if they were certain they had the funds to purchase this meal. Each of them confirmed that they had the money and they were ready to pay. Sam can't remember what was in the meal, but he said that it tasted salty and slimy, like french fries soaked in water. As the end of the meal grew near, his friends became more and more nervous. At the end of the meal, everyone handed over their debit cards. Sam's card cleared just fine, and every other card was declined. They turned to Sam, saying things like, I don't know why it was declined. Can you help us out? One of them just slid her bill over to Sam with a smug grin. Sam replied honestly, I don't have enough money in my checking account to cover your bills. Then he just stood up and walked out. One of them called out, You can't just leave us like this. He replied, I made some plans to meet up with some other guys. Sam left because he didn't want anyone else to try to make him pay for their meals. He only found out afterward that the restaurant manager called the cops. The friends weren't arrested, but a police report was filed and they had to go to court. They had to pay both the restaurant bill and a large fine. And since they were in legal trouble, the university put them on probation. The best part, however, is that Sam told as many people as possible that his friends had tried to run out on a bill, which was the crime that they were going to court for and were on probation for. Sam figured that most people wouldn't want to hear the whole story, and he was embarrassed that he had been taken in. So he simplified the story and implied that they had simply tried to sneak out of the restaurant. 
To the fellow college students, this was enough to turn their friends into pariahs. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.